and welcome to a special edition of the Lions Podcast. We are coming to you every week of the NFL season with our Circa Contest picks. Matt Brown, Brett Colson, and again, a little bit of a disclaimer here. We have to play the lines that are given to us through Circa with the contest. So whenever you hear us reference a line on this show and you say, hey, that's not a... That's not what we were talking about here. That's that's not even close to the line that's going on. Well, you know, these lines come out on Thursday morning and that is where it's at. So, of course, there's going to be injury news trickle out, which, by the way, Brett, we have a ton of that we're going to have to sift through here with everything. And so if you're looking and saying, oh, man, this line is like way off. Well, it's it's not way off for what we have to play for contest purposes. That is right. And um Feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, it's this is definitely the weirdest week so far. But we're coming off, coming off a couple, but back to back three and two weeks, right? Get a little momentum going here. Yeah, I mean, listen, we we had a pretty good week last week. This is the time for me to gloat that I'm now three and one on games where we are on the opposite side. So I feel good uh, about that because, of course, all I want to do is really just beat you in this, not necessarily uh, not not necessarily uh, win the contest or anything. Yeah. The, the bigger yeah, bragging rights is just uh, is just beating you in this thing. Uh, that said, we will have a big swing week this week because we are on opposite sides on three games uh, as we sit three and one through three weeks uh, in favor of Matt. So that is uh, feeling pretty good about that as I well. Think should, but I think you should mention that one more time, the, the record again. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, three and one in favor of me right, when right, games are on the opposite side here. But this is a big swing week. Like, like I said, we are on three different sides here. So you could you could not only catch up, you could take the lead should you go 3-0 and on these games that we're on the opposite sides of here. So let's fire things off here. And just to run down the odds, guys, so you know what we're referencing and what we had to deal with this week. We didn't play the Thursday game, obviously. That was Packers at four. But Texans at four, Ravens six and a half, Giants two and a half, Chargers 15 and a half, Colts seven, Chiefs six and a half, Patriots seven, Falcons four, Rams nine and a half, Seahawks five, Bears two, Broncos three, Cowboys two and a half, and Steelers four. So again, those are the set numbers for this contest, and that is what we have to work with whenever we get going here. So one of the interesting things that also happened this week, Brett, is that we actually did not agree on a single game. So we will have to really come to some compromise here, and this is going to make this podcast fun because <laughs> we're going to have to run through a bunch of games, which we normally are able to uh, skip some of the games that are going on here. So let's start with the games that were on the opposite sides here. First and foremost, Vikings and Bears. You like the Bears minus two. I like the Vikings plus two here, and uh, I'll... I mean, I can I can start and then we'll uh, we'll let you go with a retort here. Um, basically, I look at these two teams here and I can't see a discernible difference in either one of these teams. I mean, whenever you look at the run game, I certainly think you lean towards the Vikings there and there's a strength uh, going against them on the Bears with their run defense. And then you look at the strength of the Bears and I mean, it's certainly not the run game and it's not really the pass game. It's just the defense and Vikings have a good defense as well. So if we're going to talk about a dirty, ugly, disgusting game that is probably going to produce all of 24 points total, uh, I'll take the team that's getting points here. I think that um and plus, if we're going to come down to a field goal here, and this is at least worth mentioning. I mean, you have to. Oh, take, my God. Here we go. Listen, the kicker is hurt for the Bears. Like the kicker is hurt for the Bears. The dude still has a knee injury. If you watch the game this past week, every time he kicked the ball, he like jumped around and hobbled around like he just got shot by a rifle or whatever. And uh, he is still on the injury report with a knee injury uh, in that game. So, I mean, listen, position by position, 
head to head, every single unit here. Uh, I don't think that there's really a discernible difference in these two teams, which leads me to uh, the team that, that's getting points here. So that is really my main handicap of this game. And I mean, if you really want me to say, do I think that there's a, a pretty big edge? I think that the Vikings offense is certainly a bigger edge than the uh, against the Bears defense than the Bears offense is against the Vikings defense. I disagree with that. My turn to go. Yeah, let's do it. So this every week I try to identify a spot that checks all the boxes and that this is the game for me this week. Uh, I think this is a great contest play because of what the market is telling me. A lot of people backing the Vikings here. I think they'll probably become uh, pretty popular in the contest. Uh, do you think so? I, really? I, I actually I, I do think so. They're not going to be the most popular, but I think I think possibly interesting. I think people are going to look at this game and and just like it's it's so gross and ugly and kind of almost as at a toss up that I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could be right. You could be right. I, I don't just know. feel like, you know, the, the, the Vikings coming off that win last week could be a darling. And that's another reason why I like them. The public perception off the huge win last week when a lot of people were on them. Uh, I also think this is a great matchup for Chicago on the field. Uh, I mean, what what does Minnesota do poorly? Protect. Kirk Cousins in the passing game. What does Chicago do better than anyone? Get to the quarterback. It all starts up front. It's why the Bears mangled the Vikes in both meetings last year, and these teams haven't had much turnover from a year ago. And wow. offensively, where do the I, points I, come from? Where do the points come from on the Bears side? Like how how are they scoring against this Vikings team? Well, that's one of I, the that's I one like, of my main that's where whenever I was looking at this game, that was where I was stuck. Like I'm I'm saying that I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that the, I think the Vikings are going to struggle for sure. I mean, I, I definitely think that they're going to struggle to score. I just think that when it comes down to it, they might score 10 where the Bears score seven. You know, so what what I saw on, on Monday, I liked out of Trubisky. He sucks like this dude is not good at football, but but Nagy is making adjustments with him. He's keeping play calling close to the line of scrimmage, much closer than he has in the past, getting the ball into the hands of playmakers quickly and then getting chunks that way. So I, I think we're going to see the Bears offense improve from that aspect. And I think they're going to be able to score enough points here to cover. I really like this spot for Chicago. That is that's that is that is interesting. The Vikings, I mean, listen, they outgained the Packers, you know, by seven, seven, seven yards per play to, to near like five yards per play. They turn the ball over four times like they there's 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 been some really bad play and some really unfortunate play, I think, from this Vikings. Team. I actually feel like this is kind of like a buy low spot on on the Vikings here. Like overall, I mean, when you kind of take a look here. It was they obviously, you know, the, the the way that they're telling us right now. I mean, if you're if you supposedly get three points for home field advantage, then what we're being told here is on a neutral field that the Vikings would be favored in this game. Yeah, that's what that's what it's telling you. Correct. So, um, of course, I like this game much better in a teaser. This would this like fits like amazingly for Vikings plus eight because I mean I think even you would say there's no way the Bears are going to win this game by more than a touchdown no I think it's going to be close but I I do like the number quite a bit uh, if it was three I think the line should be three um, I capped it at three three and a half so I think it's going to be a, a close low scoring game I favor I favor the better defense here at home 
Well, unfortunately, I'm throwing that one away. I know. Unfortunately, well, but don't worry. I will certainly keep track of this one. Don't worry, my friend. I feel like I'm on the good side of this thing. Let's talk about another one we're on the opposite side of here. And this one I can't understand. And I'm definitely uh, very interested in hearing your side of this. I had Seahawks minus five. You had Cardinals plus five. Please, please, please let me know your rationale here. So this is all about matchups for me. Uh, the Seahawks have not been able to get any pressure on the quarterback this year. Or, and, and they probably, I'm sure they will this week against this disaster of an offensive line for Arizona. Uh, regardless, though, I think Carl, I think Kyler's going to carve up this secondary. So this, this Seattle defense is, is not built to stop this type of offense. This is a team that is comfortable sitting back in 4-3 with their great linebackers. And you can't do that against this type of Kyler air raid offense and the DBs the Hawks have that they're going to have to slot in are terrible they're 23rd in coverage 30th in tackling according to pro football focus I mean this legion of boom is is way in the past I think they're going to get exposed this week they might win I'm expecting a lot of points in this game but I think I think the cards are going to score and keep this close yeah this is another one of those where I certainly wish uh you know we could play totals because this would just be uh, I would be slamming the over in this one. I think we would both be consensus on that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why, why can't this get to seven? Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I, I think you and I would be consensus on that for sure. Uh, here's my here's my biggest thing is in a game where I do think it is going to come down to, you know, who can score the most. Listen, man, give me give me the experience. I understand what I, I, I get it. I, I know that these uh, in in spurts. Anyway, the Cardinals have looked pretty good but it's been in spurts they've not put together they've not put together an entire game yet at all and one of the things about the Seahawks team and I'm taking this is you know this is where I could bury myself right here is I am assuming rational coaching decisions here Brett and as we saw last night in this Packers and Eagles in the Packers and Eagles game that's not something you should definitely do Uh, Matt LaFleur just absolutely horrible in that game but I'm going to assume rational coaching here and with rational coaching we now have enough tape for them to look at this Cardinals team and realize in this secondary this is how you beat this team you go to the air you go to the air often Russell Wilson actually has two legitimate really good options to go to in Lockett and DK Metcalf and uh, you know listen even Disley is a guy that he's he's been finding at the tight end position over the middle a couple of different times too I feel even more that this works because they don't they might want to not put the ball in Chris Carson's hands near as much because this dude can't keep the ball in his hands. He's fumbled every single game so far this season. And, you know, really and truly, if you look at that game against the against the Saints last week, Brett, when you're watching that thing back, that fumble pretty much turned that game on its head and that was the thing that sent the Seahawks spiraling against the Saints and I I, feel, I don't know again assuming rational coaching here if they go to the if they go to the air early and often against this Cardinals team I do expect them to have a lot of success I expect Russell Wilson to have a ton of success I do expect them to put up a whole lot of points I do think the Cardinals will get some garbage time points I do think they will battle back but uh, I don't know if it's going to get within the five and so I, I do like the the Seahawks in this situation. All right. 
Very interesting here. And then the other one we're on the opposite <laughs> sides of here is the Cowboys. This is all and in Saints. our top five plays. This is all in our top five plays, by the way. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Cowboys and Saints. You on the Saints, me on the Cowboys. This number is certainly going to get to three. So we are getting the Cowboys at two and a half. We're getting the best of the number for sure here. We're getting the better team as well at less than a field goal. I do understand that it's a night game over in New Orleans. I've been to night games over in New Orleans in the Superdome. I understand it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. But we're also talking about a guy, you know, it's a veteran quarterback at this point in Dak. It's veteran running back, veteran receiver. This isn't stuff that should be really, you know, anything that should rattle them here. If you look at Dak Prescott, Number one in completion percentage, number one in adjusted completion percentage, according to Pro Football Focus, number one in expected completion percentage. That's a next gen stat. Number one in on target percentage and catchable percentage, according to Sports Info Solutions. Number one in accuracy, according to No Checkdowns. I mean, there is the guy has been unbelievable this year. And you can say, yeah, well, they played nobody. But a lot of these statistics are are adjusted statistics that uh, go in that take into account the fact that, you know, they haven't played whatever and they adjust it for league average type of thing so for me new orleans allowed 301.7 passing yards per game so far this year they've allowed 19 plays of 20 or more yards against this cowboys team that i think is really really good i think this is a very good offense and a good defense and i think teddy bridgewater is going to get exposed this week for you know being just a mediocre middle of the middle of the pack kind of game manager type quarterback he's not going to be able to go out and win a game and I think the Cowboys win this game pretty handily. Yeah, look, the Cowboys have been phenomenal. They've taken care of business against bad teams and made many people believe, believe they're a legit Super Bowl contender, myself included. But I need to see it on the road in a huge spot in primetime like this against a team that's been there before. Even without Drew Brees, the Saints are dangerous in the Dome. And here they are as road favorites you don't think yeah i mean you don't think it's gonna be any negative regression coming from dak here you think kellen moore just fix all the glaring issues we've seen over the past years is it that just that like snap of a finger i I just don't i think i think the the dak game is coming like the dak that we know i think that game is coming and this might be it interesting yeah i mean again i just you look here this is maybe my Maybe my opinion changes if this number's on a three already, and I feel like this thing could even move to three and a half, and then that way it would be, you know, a little bit different for me. But, you know, one, I think we're getting the better of the number here anyway. I definitely think this is going to be three by the time this thing kicks off, maybe even three and a half, because it's a Sunday night game, which, as you and I know, money just pours in on these Sunday night games. And so we've seen big, big line moves on Sunday night games because people start chasing or they feel pretty good about uh, about their day and decide, oh, let's double down on something here. So uh, Sunday night games, always tons of money coming in here. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm definitely on the Cowboys here. This was uh, unfortunate that this one's not going to make the card. So let's talk about the other two plays here. And I'm going to go into a caveat. You and I exchange plays really early this morning. But as these injury reports came out, I did come off of one of mine. I was on Colt seven and then just a bunch of just a rash of injury news comes out. I was hoping we would get kind of the cleared up thing of T.Y. Hilton with them saying like, yeah, you know, yeah, he's nicked up, but it's T.Y. Hilton. He's going to play. But that's not the case. He's still listed as a game time decision as being questionable in this one. Certainly don't love that. Now, not necessarily that I feel they 
have to have T.Y. Hilton to win this game. You know, I mean, I don't think you probably would think that either. But I mean, he's just been a such a touchdown machine and and such a unbelievable, uh, you know, when they get in the red zone for for this team, doesn't matter if it's Andrew Luck or Jacoby Brissett. So that bothers me. Then also they rule out Darius Leonard. He's out. Then they rule out Malik Hooker as well. And so once you start putting out all these all of these key parts of a team, I, I had to move off of this one. Yeah, I'm with you. This team just doesn't have the firepower anymore to cover big numbers, and especially if T.Y. doesn't play. And while I, I do think they can cover this number on the ground with Marlon, Bra- Marlon Mack behind this incredible offensive line, you got the injuries on the defense. And those those are two big names, Hooker and Leonard. They didn't have Leonard last week and still got the cover, but, I mean, those you know, it's not going to be the same every week, and you just you have to worry that the Raiders are going to find why uh, find ways to to move the ball and score points in this game. So I'll leave that one hanging because I basically have two other ones that I'm fine replacing it with, and you and I can talk through those. Let's talk about your play here that I'm actually okay with now that some of the in, some of the news has has come out here on Friday, which is Dolphins plus fifteen and a half against the Chargers here news came out but right before we go live here Mike Williams out Justin Jackson out Travis Benjamin doubtful and in corner Casey Hayward is very questionable and listen if you're the Chargers you think you're winning this game anyway so if you have Casey Hayward who is a massive massive part of this defense Brad I mean again we're reading between the lines nothing has been hinted at yet and we have to do this on a Friday afternoon so you know probably more more information will come out on on Saturday but if you're the Chargers why risk Casey if, if if he's questionable and you know especially when you when you look at the division you play in and you're going to have to win games that you're not supposed to win I'm not taking a chance on Casey Hayward if he's questionable I would say hey man let's sit it on out we're gonna win this game anyway of course look I said on Thursday that I would not be shocked if we saw the Dolphins get their first win this week and while that is clearly a long shot there's no way an average L.A. Chargers team, probably below average now with all these injuries. We don't know who's going to play on Sunday. Traveling across the country, why is this team a 15-point favorite against a pro football team? And the Dolphins, I watched I watched the, the condensed game. I watched the All-22 with the Dolphins last week because I, I had to watch it before I put this on the card. Right. They didn't look terrible last week. And if not for a fumble inside the Cowboys' five-yard line late in the first half, they could have been lead, leading Dallas at halftime. And then the Cowboys just marched all over him in the second half because they don't have the bodies to slow down that offensive line and the rushing attack. But you can't you can't say the same about the Chargers this week. This is a horrendous offensive line. And what the books are telling us with this spread is that the Chargers this week are just as good as Dallas last week. Like the spreads are essentially the same if, if you factor in the home field. And that is that's madness. And, and I think. We're starting to see betters recognize how bad this line is. Uh, I think I saw something like 40% are backing the Dolphins. And I'm happy I'm happy to see it because this number is – it's got to be wrong. I, I think this might even be like a full touchdown off. This well, is hey, not a t- – Let's look at it this way. We're beating the line as well because as this news comes across here with all of these injuries and all of this that's going down, uh, you know, at Circa itself – the line currently sits at 14 and a half. Oh, so, wow. so it's dropping. Yeah. So we're getting a full point in this thing. And again, we have to make assumptions when we play these contests as well. And I will make the assumption if I'm if I'm coaching the Chargers, 
I'm not playing Casey Hayward. If Travis Benjamin is doubtful, that basically means he's out because you're not going to play a guy that's doubtful. It, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to play a guy that's doubtful in a game like this. So you're he's out. You already have Mike Williams out. You already have Justin Jackson out. I mean, and and who knows what kind of shape Melvin Gordon is in? You know, I mean, who knows what kind of shape he's actually in in this game? And let's be for real with all of these injuries at wide receiver, Brett. I mean. Do you do you really roll Keenan out there, Keenan Allen out there for a full complement of snaps in in this situation? I mean, if they get up seventeen or twenty in late in the third or early in the fourth, are you going to keep Keenan Allen rolling out there? I mean, I'm not, especially with Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin sitting on the sidelines already. I mean, this just reeks of backdoor cover to me. I mean, they at least have talent in Miami on the outsides. It's like the only thing that's left there. But Devontae yeah. Parker and Preston Williams are certainly guys that I think could score a couple of garbage time touchdowns, you know, even if they are down 20, 24, whatever it might be or something like that. So um, I am on board now, especially with this news that came out this morning, because, I mean, this Chargers team's rolling over there kind of as a as an infirmary. Yeah, I feel like this is just an easy pick with Miami. And, I, you know, I liked what I saw to Rosen last week. And the, the big issue with them last week was drops and fumbles, just like stupid fundamental things. You, you can't – I mean, that's just not predictive week to week. As bad as this team is, that type of stuff is not predictive week to week. You'd have to think they'd improve this week in a game that I, I really think they can keep close. So uh, I'm happy to put this one on the card. My other one I had is Titans plus four uh, at the Falcons – the biggest thing here is mainly I don't think either one of these teams is going to score a ton. I don't like really what I see in any. Listen, the Falcons offense certainly has the potential, but the way that the Titans play defense, it's kind of one of those keep everything in front of you. And we know it's like a home run hitting offense there for the Falcons. They haven't been able to really do sustained drives. Whenever you look at the way they've been able to score so far this year, Brett, it's been big hits to, to Julio and and, you know, they haven't even really taken advantage of Calvin Ridley at all this year being on this team and the Fal- the Titans play slow. They kind of protect Mariota. They're going to, uh, they're going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry a ton and they're going to find ways to, they're going to find ways to, to move the ball on the ground here. The one thing Falcons don't do very well is, is, is play defense. And so uh, for, for me getting more than the field goal in this game was key. If this was right on the three, I don't think that this maybe would have made my card. Getting the four with the Titans in this uh, situation seemed too good to pass up for me. Yeah, uh, more mismatches up front here for me. These are the mismatches I try to identify every week. Titans are better on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And I agree. I think they're going to try to slow this down, keep the ball out of the hands of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones as much as possible. I like the number. Really like the spot, so I'm I'm on board with this one. Good sure. deal. This one also we're beating. Well, currently, anyway. Of course, we don't uh, we don't know how things are going to go by the time kickoff here. But uh, three and a half's popping up all over the board now uh, on this one. So we're getting this at four as well. I think a lot of people kind of once they started to dig in and break this game down, realize that you know there's just probably not a lot of points to be had in this game and whenever you're getting four points with a team like Tennessee that's just kind of like does it make sense to you if I describe them as like 
annoyingly bad but annoyingly good at the same time like it's like they're annoyingly good and bad and so like when you're getting the four you're kind of like well hell I don't really (laughs) I don't really want to play this team but like I'm getting four points here and this just seems like this just seems like an opportunity where they're probably going to keep it within four points yeah and it's a great contest play because everybody's everybody thinks the same thing about this team like nobody wants to put this team on the card so I feel like we're we're getting a contrarian play that we also like with the numbers so Let's do it. Talk to me about Steelers minus four here at home against Cincinnati. So I, 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 maybe I'm stubborn because I've had this team on my card for the past three weeks. I capped this at six. I don't think the Bengals are in the same tier of football as Pittsburgh. This, this Cincinnati team to me is a bottom three team in the league. They put up a valiant effort last week. Still lost, despite Josh Allen trying to hand them the game. And now on the road again against a team whose value is at its absolute nadir. I like a bounce-back spot. I said the same thing last week, but I do like a bounce-back spot from Mason Rudolph this week. He has the offensive line to keep him upright, make throws, gain some confidence in prime time in front of his home crowd. I think the Pittsburgh was. I think I think Pittsburgh wins by a touchdown here. This is certainly a prove it spot, isn't it? Because now he's yeah. had now he's had the week to know that he's the starting quarterback, right? I mean, it's it's like he's he's the one going in with a full week of practice and 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 coming back home. Everything should align for this Pittsburgh team for sure. You know, I mean, everything seems to, to align here. I guess the weird thing to me is the money was coming in on the Bengals. I don't really understand it. I don't know if you, I I mean, I don't know if you maybe have a, a thought on why that might be, but it's just, it seems a little odd to me that people would be backing this Bengals team. I guess maybe you look at the box score of how things played out for the Steelers last week. But I mean, listen, I will, I will always this, I guess this doesn't hold water whenever you look at what Danny Dimes did and, and all these. But I mean, I will always kind of like hold back reservation, hold back my judgment on a team and especially on a quarterback, like, you know, making uh, one of these starts where he had no idea that he was going to be the starter. It's like, oh, ben, Big Ben's down for the season now. Boom, you're our guy. I, I mean, I, I'll give him a week to kind of to, to kind of a uh, grace period, if you will, you know? Yeah. And especially coming back home, too. I, I, I really do like him this week. And you know, I, I, as far as like people betting on the Bengals, I guess just looking at what happened last week. I mean, the Steelers were abysmal last week. They had no business covering that game. If not for what was it, three turnovers inside the red zone for the for the Niners, that's the only reason Pittsburgh was in that football game. Uh, so maybe people are looking at that and the way the Bengals came back against Buffalo. I'm not really sure, but either way, I think I think this is just a get right spot for the Steelers in general. And so we'll throw that one on the card. We have three picks down. So let me tell you about the the other two games that I kind of said, uh, you know, that, that are going to replace me here with the Colts. And I'm fine with either one of these. And you can you can let me know if you prefer one or the other. I have Texans minus four and then Ravens minus six and a half Texans at home against the Panthers. I think everybody is coming off of this high of watching Kyle Allen and what he did here. But I think that wasn't one of the things that's going under the radar is what the Texans did last week. I mean, whenever they were able to keep whenever they're able to keep Deshaun Watson upright and he's not running for his life and he's not getting hit and battered and knocked all over the place. This is a fairly scary Offense, you know, especially when they're at, when they're at full strength and they're healthy. That's one of the things that we've seen so rarely of, and I think that that's another thing that people are are kind of discounting here. 
they're finally at full strength. You know, I mean, this is a team where it seems like either Fuller's always either out or nicked up and or Deshaun Watson is is battling, you know, hurt ribs or whatever it might be because his offensive line has gotten him hit 57 times in a game, whatever, you know, things like that. This Texans team goes on the road, beats the Chargers. Deshaun Watson goes for 351, three touchdowns, no picks at all. And you know, was only sacked two times. And I say only two times because if you've seen how bad this Houston offensive line has been over the last year and a half, him being sacked only two times is actually really, really great. So this play kind of jumped off to me here. Uh, And then when you look that Dante, uh, Dante Jackson's questionable for the Panthers. Then you have uh, their guard, Trey Turner, is going to be out this week as well. Dante Jackson is the burner corner there for the Panthers. And if he's not able to go, I don't know if you guys know or not, but there's a couple of burners named Will Fuller and Kenny Stills on this team now for Houston. And they could be taking the top off of this Panthers secondary here. So for me, uh, just seems like maybe this Texans team is getting overlooked here because everyone fell in love with Kyle Allen last week. Yeah, not, I, well, I'm one of them. I, I, I've, I'm not a fan of this one, I think, because I feel like we're still getting some value on a Kyle Allen-led Panthers team versus the Cam Newton-led team. This is a weird number, and I'm probably trying to hold on to the preseason evaluation I had of this Panthers team, which was a potential division-winning sleeper. Um Maybe, you know, maybe they get there with Kyle Allen. And, and I, but I agree with you. I mean, this, this Texans team can just pile on points and they could absolutely do it here in this spot. I just, I, this is not one of my favorites. I kind of like this kind of like coin flip territory for me. So um, I think I prefer the other game you're looking at. Yeah. So the other one is Browns and Ravens. Uh, practice report comes out today, and which is the reason why this one kind of popped up on my radar here. Uh, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams both did not practice yet again on Friday and you know this is this Browns team we've seen we're going to start we're going to start talking about coaches a lot more and coaching decisions a lot more on here because we have now through three weeks moving into week four with the NFL Brett have really started to identify some of these guys that are dunces I mean you saw Matt LaFleur last night who despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers could throw at will decided that he wanted to continue to run the ball on early downs. And then when he should be running the ball from first and one from the goal line, he decides to throw four straight passes. So, I mean, we're looking at these coaches and here we go. Freddie Kitchens being another one of those for the Browns that seems like when he gets in pressure situations has wet the bed so far. And now he's going to be without looks like anyway, going to be without two starting defensive backs for him against this Ravens team that is much improved through the air. Lamar Jackson, much better through the air uh, this and, and listen, they wanted to bomb it last week against this Chiefs team, and he was just a little bit off. He wasn't quite as sharp as you wanted him to be. But you look at Hollywood Brown; he had like 215 air yards and is and, and only finished with 49 yards receiving. He, one of those gets connected. Obviously, he's going to the house. And uh, I, this Browns team for me, I'm not backing this Browns team. Probably pretty much moving forward. Uh, it's just such a disgusting, just, just such a disgusting way that this team is being used. The play calling has been absolutely atrocious and it makes me, uh, and plus where I think we're getting the better of the number here, it's six and a half and they are the six and a halfs that are left. There are sevens out there right now. And the six and a halfs that are left are heavily, heavily juiced. So they are just fighting off going to seven, but this thing is definitely going to go to seven at some point at the majority of these books. 
Yeah, I I really like the Ravens. I mean, I'm looking at a team that can open things up through the air and on the ground, very dangerous. And with these injuries in the Browns secondary, like you mentioned, why can't the Ravens put up 40? I mean, they're right. averaging 35 points right now. Why, why can't they do it again? And like you said, coaching is huge here. Like the situational decisions and the play calling, you look at a Kitchens, you look at a guy like Harbaugh who's been doing it for so long. And comes out with the stuff that, like, for football geeks like us, comes out with, like, 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 last week and talks about how he actually is using analytics and studying whatever. And then you have the guy on the complete opposite (laughs) side of that in Freddie Kitchens who runs a draw on fourth and nine when it's never been done in the history of football since they've been recording play stats. I mean, like, so you you can just see the giant mismatch, not only, you know, that we're talking about in the secondary, but just giant mismatch on the sidelines as well, which is certainly going to start to play a little bit into the way that I look at these games here because this is just uh, you know you I have been to I've been able to identify a few of these guys that unless the situation just screams to me that I should it's I'm going to try not to back them anyway Brett yeah and people want to bring up the look ahead line which I do look at every week and it was three and a half last week but the the Browns preseason hype train was still built into that that was before they got slaughtered well, not slaughtered, but they lost to the Rams in embarrassing fashion. And I, I think this this line is probably short from where it should be. I think this should be at least seven. So, so we have four on our spot. card here. So we have to come up with a fifth play here. Let's talk about a few of these, you know, a couple of these that um, are at least interesting anyway. And I'm sure people will want to talk through them. Uh, as it is, if you guys listen to our regular lines podcast, you guys know that I was on Redskins plus three. It's at two and a half on this card anyway, which doesn't I don't like anyway. And then the the perils of betting early in the week whenever you're trying to get the best of a number also comes into play when uh, some of these injuries come through. And what happened is, is if you guys have been watching this Redskins team, you know that this offense has actually moved the ball fairly well when they're not turning it over. And Terry McLaurin has been a big, big part of that. Him and Case Keenum, for whatever reason, have a really great connection. He comes up lame at practice yesterday with a hamstring injury. He is a burner wide receiver with a hamstring injury, Brett. So uh, this Redskins team, not that it's not that it's uh, completely based on um, – on McLaurin or anything like that, but you and I both know the way you beat this Giants team is is deep passes into this secondary where they just get have continually gotten beat over the top. And if McLaurin is one, either not going to play or certainly not going to be a hundred percent, nothing I want to be interested in there with this Redskins team. Well, yeah, I mean Adrian Peters is not going to beat this Giants team. It's going to be a guy like McLaurin who has been phenomenal so far this year. I mean, we're talking about a guy who looks like he could be a wide receiver one. Uh, like a top 15 wide receiver, top 10 wide receiver in the next three, four years. So he does matter in this game. He's been their best weapon. Uh, and, and like you said, you beat the Giants through the air. You don't have your top weapon that leaves you with not many options to get, you know, get yards. Jordan and, Reed already ruled points. out again. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's like, like it's it's one of those. Things, I mean, you know, Vernon Davis is serviceable, but he's not blowing the top off of anything these days. And, you know, Trey Quinn is a possession receiver slot guy. I mean, there's just not a ton to to be excited about with the Redskins offense here. So with that, does that give you any interest in the Giants or do you think this is just a, a complete stay away? 
Oh, no, it's a stay away for me. I still like the Redskins a little bit, even if McLaurin is out. So this is just a stay away. So another game here we could consider Chiefs and Lions. Chiefs minus six and a half on the road at the Lions. And then the other is Patriots and Bills. And I know you probably would not want to bet against your Bills here, but this uh, Patriots seven has started to move to seven and a half at several different places. So uh, the seven and a halves are starting to show the money coming in. On the Patriots, what do you feel? Let's start with that one, actually. How do you feel about your Bills at home against this Patriots team? I'll just say I have no conviction in either of these games. Big Mm -hmm. road favorites. I know that both these teams can cover easily, but at the same time, the Chiefs will be the most popular play in this contest. And in the top-heavy contest like this, I'm going to try to avoid chalk at all costs unless I have a strong lean. I just don't have it this week. I, I've been really impressed with the, with what Detroit has done on defense, and uh, that one's mostly just to stay away from me. And the Bills, <laughs> I just have I have so many biases with these two teams. I, I I don't want that to impact my analysis of this game. I just kind of threw this one away. So I don't know. I, I want to hear what you what you think about this Patriots Bills game, though. Yeah, I mean. My initial lean was was towards the Patriots, and I think that maybe if the Bills weren't three and zero, if this was even like if this was even a situation where the Bills were two and one, I think that we would be looking at a different number in this one. Like I said, where the seven and a halfs are starting to show at places, and where the sevens are still there, it is met with heavy juice, and and they're trying to to resist. Um, I don't know. It, it's one of those where I with, with this being a contest, like I what I don't want to do is come out with a half point. I feel like I'd rather almost lose than get a half point and sitting on that seven, just like kind of reeks of a push, you know, like it just like, it like reeks of, of a push to me. So I, I, I'm with you on that one. Certainly not kind of like uh, moving it for me too much here. I guess if I had to take a position in this chiefs and lions, I think I would probably take the lions at home six yeah. and a half um, because when you look at the Chiefs here, I mean, one of the things that that has happened with this Chiefs team is is their defense is, is lacking, you know, and it would not surprise me. I mean, this is getting off topic here, but while we're talking about it, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Chiefs make a serious play at Jalen Ramsey. Would you would you wouldn't you think that? I mean, I think that could really, really alter the tides and really shift the way that we look at this Chiefs team. Of course. You're talking about one of the elite shutdown corners. So, yeah, I mean, they should be making a play for him. Absolutely. I think that. And how long is the line for him right now? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's like you look at you look at some of this. I mean, I I think the Lions are going to be able to move the ball. I just put it that way. I think the Lions are going to be able to move the ball. I don't think I don't think that it's going to be one of those situations where they just get the absolute doors blown off of them at home by this Chiefs team. I uh, really wish this one was seven because th- th- this one would seem way more appealing to me at seven than six and a half. So, all right, so let's throw the only other game that we haven't touched on and, and we'll see if-, if-, if anything happens for us here. And that is Bucks and Rams. And so Rams at home against the Bucks at nine and a half here. And you guys are probably saying like, what in the hell? Nine and a half. But man, this Bucks team coached by Bruce Arians. So this is another one of those situations where you look at this and you want to talk about me starting to handicap some of these coaches after hearing that guy come out and say that he intentionally took a five yard penalty in order to move the ball back for his kicker because he felt his kicker was better from distance. 
that was pretty much all I needed to hear about Bruce Arians for me to know that this is not a guy I'm going to be hopping on the train to back really moving forward in general here. That is so asinine. And then the way that he called the whole second half of that game against the Giants, where they were only up 18 going into the second half. And you would have thought by the way he called the game that they were up 58. Um, yeah, for me, I can certainly see why this mo- this number opened at nine. It's already moved to nine and a half. It's at 10 already at William Hill. So, I mean, this number is on the move in favor of the Rams. And, you know, people bailing off the train of, of Bruce Arians, I kind of get it, you know. Are you telling me that running Ronald Jones 15 times <laughs> in the second half, that's not optimal football? Dude, mean, that was, especially that was when seven, joke. especially when, when Mike Evans had seven catches for 140 something yards in the first he half. Had one catch in the second half. They didn't throw. <laughs> that was, was painful to watch, oh. man. That was really painful. Well, we, I mean, we had the box on our cars. Yeah, I mean, literally at, half, at halftime, we're, we're thinking like, oh, we're cruising to a victory here. Like, you know, I mean, like literally, oh, okay, we're cruising here. Literally, all they had to do is like put up like, 10 points in the second half and we're, we're, we're golden. And yeah, and yeah. And then you saw the way that this changed. I saw he, the way he started to call this game, Brett, and I got down on the giants live in game, two different occasions on the money line, because I was like, they're going to blow this lead. And like the number was so huge. I got, it was like, uh, I got plus 649 at one point, And then the second time I got down was like plus plus 410 on the, on the giants. And it was just because, I saw Bruce Arians basically daring them to just come back and win the game. It's unbelievable, man. I mean, he, he, he coaches like he's playing in the nineties. Like that's right. That's what we would have saw. That was, you know what? That would have worked in the nineties too, because teams would not have just said, you know what? I'll throw it 55 times. I don't care. You know, like, 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 but now the the game has evolved. The game has changed and teams get down and they go, yeah, it's fine. We're going to, going to throw it a hundred, a hundred times. Like it is what it is. You know, if that's what we got to do to catch up, then that's what we got to do to catch up. And that was that was just oh yeah utterly painful. And then, then you get McVeigh on the other side this week, the absolute opposite. Yeah, I, I I like the Rams this week. I I'm a little nervous that they'll be popular. Will they be popular though? I, I don't I don't. I think people are going to be scared at that number, man. Yeah, it is a big number. I think people don't like typically to lay the big number. Well, I, I, let's put it this way: the big number against not the Jets or or dolphins, right? Like, I, I think people are scared to, to lay that down. I, I don't know. I mean, of the three we have left, if we had to choose between Detroit plus six and a half, new England minus seven, or the Rams minus nine and a half, I think for a contest play and for one that we think could certainly get there, the Rams probably make the most sense. Cause I do believe people are going to be scared to lay such a big number with uh with this Rams team that let's be honest I mean they've looked good have not looked great so um I don't I don't think anyone is I don't think anyone out there is like completely enamored by this team at all yeah I think people are far more likely to put the Chiefs or the Patriots on the card than the Rams for sure so and then let's just and then let's let's go to the way that this gets there as well I mean obviously a ferocious ferocious front four there for this Rams team and we know Jameis Winston is prone to make bad decisions <laughs> so it could not surprise me to see you know three turnovers in this game maybe we even get like a strip sack touchdown or a pick six or something to to really help us get there as well um I don't know of the three to pick from that would be my play what is what about you same well, okay. I mean, you got you got to love Jameis negative script, right? I mean, he, the Rams could just win this by forty just by him throwing interceptions all second half. Love it. Okay, our final card here: 
Dolphins plus 15 and a half, Titans plus four, Steelers minus four, Ravens minus six and a half, and Rams minus nine and a half. The three games we were on the opposite side. You had Bears minus two. I had Vikings plus two. You had uh, you had the Saints plus two and a half. I had Cowboys plus two and a half. And I had Seahawks minus five. And you had Cardinals plus five. Um, we will. I cannot wait to see how <laughs> how these play out. Um, not as confident about. Not really as confident about the Vikings, but uh, really, really like the Cowboys and, and Seahawks. I think I will be playing those personally, like with my own uh, with my own money in this yeah. one. So, yeah. um, think those are pretty uh, pretty solid plays here. But uh, interesting week overall. I know you and I in complete. Uh, Complete transparency here to to the listeners. We weren't overjoyed with this card. It seemed like there were a lot of numbers as we kind of made it up and down the card that seemed kind of about right. And so those weeks are, are are pretty tough. It's yeah. There's a lot of dead numbers, but also a lot of like numbers that are like swaying on and off key numbers. It's like mm-hmm. what number are we gonna get? So we weren't really sure. So yeah, it was a it was a tricky week in that in that respect. But um. This was a little less painful than I thought. I'm pretty happy with this. I definitely would have loved the Bears to get on there. I don't. I'm not in love with uh, which one was it? Not the Saints. The other one there. Oh, uh, Cardinals. I mean that mm. one. That one could obviously go either way. So um, we'll see. And a little uh, a little news here. A little sneak peek as well is you and I both have partnered up with one of our uh, streamers. If you guys don't uh, follow. Our sister site, Play USA. Uh, we have some guys that do some streaming. They play poker. They play slots. They play blackjack. All the stuff that's legal over there in online gaming over in New Jersey. We've partnered up with one of our streamers to enter the DraftKings Super Pool contest. So starting next week, we'll talk about our, our Super Pool and how that is going as well because that is certainly uh, an interesting contest. A different, completely different format than this because if we don't like like this week for me, for example, Brett. I probably might have put in one or two plays this week, and I would just wait for next week. Are we putting in plays this week? We yeah, can do man. that, right? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. do you what are you going What are you going to put down? Well, I got to see where these lines are. So that's the other. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing that's interesting about. Um, that's the other thing that's interesting about this about this contest over with the Super Pool with DraftKings is that you just have to make seventy plays, and you can make those plays right up until kickoff. Now, we're not going to do that to our buddy uh, Anthony over there in New Jersey. We'll give him plenty of time to put the stuff in. However, you can put picks in, you know, on Sunday morning. So it's it's, it. it's not it. it's not like one of those things where we have to use stale lines or we have to not get all of our uh, information, you know, all the inf- injury information, because that is really, you know, so, so key. And one of the awesome things about the NFL, of course, is we get it 90 minutes before kickoff. So, uh, do- Anthony, if you're listening to this, don't worry, buddy. We'll have the picks over to you. Uh, <laughs> we'll have the picks over to you 90 minutes in, in advance. So don't uh, don't worry about that at all. But uh, interesting stuff. Pretty good. As we're sitting here, Brett, there's already mo- been a move to three and a half for the Giants. So uh, people are jumping wow. off, jumping off of this Washington train and they're jumping off of this Washington train with the quickness here. A, uh, a third round rookie wide receiver moving lines. <laughs> crazy. I know. I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> not, that, not that that's necessarily it, but I mean, come yeah. on. He, he, he makes an impact. So, it yeah. is. It is. Guys, thanks for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Of course, you can find all of the write ups, all the videos, everything over at the lines. Dot com running pretty good over there didn't have the 
uh, right side last night, but we still made money because we had the over and we hit every single prop bet that we bet last night. Those were all free on the video, so be sure and check those out for all of the uh, standalone games. So Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football, uh, making making videos and, and, and talking about the picks and things in there. So uh, be sure and take advantage of that and our new odds feed, which is really awesome. Just go up to the top of the page and you'll find it under odds. So uh, good stuff there. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.